Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. And Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. And Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Experience Asheville on a whole new level on a guided rooftop tour. Enjoy history, award-winning rooftop bars, gorgeous views, and van-chauffeured transportation. Tours daily, year-round, with cover and heated rooftop areas. Find out more at AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on 570 WWNC. Now, you be sure and visit the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive the latest in some travel news and some travel tips and some really great upcoming vacation destination opportunities that I think you're going to want to put on your calendar for 2020. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on that Speaking of Travel website on the iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Pretty much every podcast platform is now presenting Speaking of Travel. So you can listen anywhere, anytime, and be inspired by people who have some really great travel stories. And I have to say that listening to the guests week after week talk about their experiences of travel and meeting new people and going to new places and taking a risk and stepping out of their comfort zones just makes me feel sometimes like I want a little more of the unexpected in my life. I want more opportunities to meet new people and travel more and maybe even live someplace for free. Now, I know that sounds too good to be true, right? Well, let me tell you, there's some good news. There's actually a way to do all of the above. And my guest today is here She's actually not here. She's in Seoul, South Korea, but she is here on Speaking of Travel to fill us in. Kelly Hayes rate jokes that she is a full-time traveler and a house sitter and that she sleeps around, but usually with animals. So for the past decade, Kelly has cared for other people's homes and pets in some pretty far-flung places like Seoul, South Korea, where she is today. Kelly, it is so awesome that you're here talking to us. Oh, thanks, Marilyn. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I love this joke about you sleeping around and and you're a full-time traveler and house sitter and you get to do that. What a great lifestyle. Thank you. It's it's not one that, uh, that I planned, honestly. I didn't wake up one morning and say, I'm going to be a house sitter now. It was something that really evolved. Uh, I had been a political consultant in California for 25 years, and I ran for office myself, got my butt kicked, and decided I needed to take a break from politics and do something else. And uh, I'm a writer as well, and initially I lived in writer's colonies. 
But then I discovered house-sitting, and I was house-sitting initially for friends and uh, family members, and I realized that it was something that I could do internationally. And the first international house-sit I had was in London for two months during the Olympics in that city, and it was so incredible. I was taking care of a wonderful cat, living in a little flat in East London that was just two tube stops away from the Olympic Village. So every time I got on the tube, I was seeing the athletes and their staff and their volunteers and the city's volunteers that were helping tourists. And it was so vibrant. It's so exciting. And I thought, wow, this could be something I could do on a regular basis. And that's how I fell into house sitting full time. What a wonderful uh, just series of events and how that unfolded. But let's back up just a little bit more and tell me a little bit about what it was like when you were growing up, Kelly. Were you uh, were you traveling with your family? Did you like to travel then? What was your what was your growing up like? Well, I was born in Buffalo, New York, and we moved around quite a bit when I was young. So it's not exactly traveling, but it's putting yourself, as you mentioned in the in the intro putting yourself in situations where you're being challenged and trying to figure out the lay of the land, if you will, and how you relate in, in new circumstances, under new circumstances. And so that really was my growing up because we moved around so much. Um, when my mother married uh, my stepfather, I was 12, and we took a family trip to Mexico. He's a Mexican historian, so we spent the summer in Mexico, and that was so exciting for me. It was my first opportunity to try to learn a new language, to try to communicate with people without using spoken language, uh, and to just be in an entirely different environment and different culture, and that was really exciting. It was exciting for our whole family, actually, but, but it, that was, I think, probably when I got the bug. Wow. And so how did your how did that evolve after you got the bug? Did you kind of push yourself more into opportunities where you would be able to travel? Well, I was twelve, so you know, I was still living at home and sure, going but did it kind so of forth. spark something maybe as you started to approach uh teenagehood and going to college? Did that kind of move you in any particular direction? Well, I've always been interested in new challenges and new opportunities to grow and to, and, to, uh, and to make a difference in the world. So after I graduated from high school, I moved to Washington, D.C. and started working for a nonprofit organization on environmental issues. And that's how I started my political career. And that's what I stayed in for 30 years. And that's how I ended up in California. And that's primarily what I did. I did travel during that time, but I was really focused on on my career, uh, my political career, and I'm making a difference, and I knew that one day I'd be running for office. So that's what I was really moving toward. Wow. Well, that is definitely challenging all the way. So it it brings in what we were talking about in the beginning, too, of just always being uh, on your toes. I'm sure in the political, uh, political arena that is an important uh, skill set. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And I was a spokesperson, so I was the person who was who was doing a lot of radio and television debates and so forth and, and interacting with audiences. So, yes, it really was staying on my toes. And I, and I did travel between elections, but it really wasn't until after I, I totally changed my life and I shut down my own political consulting firm and decided to just try a, a different thing in my life. That's 
that's when traveling really opened up for me as a lifestyle. And I was uh, 48 when I started traveling full time. So it's uh, 58 now, so it's been the last 10 years. And so it's really a, a kind of a midlife makeover story, too, if you will. I mean, we're never too old to start traveling and crossing off those bucket item lists. Well, Kelly, you're a woman after my own heart, I have to say, because as I said in the in my opening, you know, there are times uh, that I just feel like I want a little bit more of the unexpected in my life. Just sometimes we get in ruts, even when we have a lot going on and it seems like our lives are really busy. Um, and and I would love to be able to step off and, and make some changes, but sometimes it it's not something you can just take a leap and, and boom, you're on the other side. Give us an idea of it. It's a step-by-step kind of process, wouldn't you say? I think it depends on the kind of travel that someone wants to do and the kind of experiences they want to have. But more specifically to, to what you're talking about in terms of putting ourselves in, in um, new situations and challenging ourselves – we could do that at home. I mean, one of the beauties that I have found about traveling is that I come home, I, well, I no longer have a home in Los Angeles, but when I did, I would come back to Los Angeles and look at my hometown differently, look at my city differently where, where I interacted every day. And after traveling, I had an opportunity to really interact with Los Angeles differently. And I did that. And that was an opportunity to put myself in challenging situations just within within Los Angeles and have a chance to see the city differently and treat it as if I were a traveler coming to LA. And that got me out of a lot of ruts, you know, and so that's possible, I think, to do it in your hometown. I like to talk about the opportunity of going to other cities, either in the United States or overseas and house sitting, because I think house sitting is a really fantastic way to, um, to kind of live like a local in a community, and it's a safe way to travel as well. Um, I know there's a lot of conversation around the economics of it, how it's, you know, you can live for free somewhere. And and while I do house it and do not get paid for it, so I live somewhere for no cost, I do it as a quid pro quo, I still give of my time. I pay for my way to get to the location, and I take care of, the person's home who's going away on vacation, I take care of their pets, and I make sure that their household is, is continuing to run smoothly. And that there's some, you know, that's a huge responsibility to take on, and there's a time commitment that's involved with that as well. Right. Well, but when we come, I really, well, Kelly, when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there because I think house sitting, pet sitting, uh, being able to travel globally like this lifestyle, uh, many people want to hear more about. I'm here with um, Kelly, and we're talking about travel and lifestyle choices. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Kay Bentley of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours offers up the best views of the city and the best way to see them. Experience that Asheville vibe from the sky on a one-of-a-kind guided rooftop tour. You'll enjoy history, award-winning rooftop bars, spectacular mountain and city views, along with van-chauffeured transportation. Tours are offered daily, year-round, rain or shine, with covered and heated rooftop areas. Don't miss the excitement. 
Come sip and see the city from a bird's eye view with us. For more, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. The best way to feel the love is to share it. That's why Subaru created the Subaru Share the Love event. Over the last 11 years, Subaru has donated over $145 million to charity. This year, we're continuing the tradition. Right now, when you get a new Subaru, Subaru will donate $250 to your choice of charity partners. The ASPCA, Make-A-Wish, Meals on Wheels, or the National Park Foundation. This year, Prestige Subaru welcomes Homeward Bound WNC and the Asheville Humane Society as our hometown charity partners. The Subaru Share the Love event. Now through January 2nd at Prestige Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm really... I love when I'm able to speak with uh, travelers who are in another time zone. And right now, we're speaking with Kelly hayes Rate. She's a full-time traveler. She's a house sitter. She's a pet sitter. We're talking to her from Seoul, South Korea. Kelly, welcome back, and thank you so much for uh, having a a pajama party with us. (laughs) (laughs) It's one in the morning here in Seoul, South Korea. (laughs) My goodness. Well, thank you for staying awake and, and sharing your your stories with us. So before the break, we were talking about as you were transitioning into the house sitting and the pet sitting, give us an idea of how you even, how that even came to spark an interest for you. Well, as I mentioned, I started house sitting for friends and family. I was um, transitioning out of a career of being a political consultant into a career as a writer and a journalist. Um, There's not, for any of our listeners who are thinking about making that same transition, there's not a lot of money in writing and journalism anymore. So I needed to find a new way for income. And I found that if I rented out my home as a vacation rental, then I would have enough money to live on. But I had to live somewhere else for free. And that's that's how the math worked. So initially, I was living in writer's colonies, and that was fine, but it was very difficult to get those fellowships and very expensive to apply for them, and I fell into house-sitting, and I found that that provided me with a lot more flexibility in terms of, of time, in terms of experiences, and in terms of geography. So that's what opened the doors for me, and, and actually, my first major house-sit was right in your home state. I was in Chapel Hill house-sitting for two months for a cousin of mine. And that's how, uh, that's how I really got into it and realized that it was something that I could do. So uh, there are now 50 platforms out there, websites, where homeowners list their needs for house sitters. And people like me or you or any of our listeners can join any of those house sitting platforms and put up a profile and apply for these different house sits. There are, very, there are some country-specific house-sitting platforms like House Sit Mexico, for example, that lists how, different house sits that are available in Mexico. And there are others that are worldwide. 
such as trustedhousesitters.com, which is the world's largest house-sitting platform, or Nomador, which is the first and only bilingual house-sitting platform. It's in English and French. Another one that I like is House-Sit Match that's based out of the U.K. and covers a lot of, of European house-sits. So I belong to a few of those different platforms, and every day I get emails in my inbox listing homeowners from all over the world who are looking for house sitters. It's kind of like Christmas every day, Marilyn. It's so cool. (laughs) And so I look through those emails and decide what house sits might be right for me, and I go ahead and apply for them and then have a conversation with the homeowner, and we see if we're a good fit. And then we make the decision that I would come house sit for them. And that's how I ended up here in Seoul, South Korea. I'm taking care of two very cute cats, very active. They are still bouncing around at 1 o'clock in the morning here. But they're, they're really lovely cats. And, uh, and it's giving me an opportunity to get out and see Seoul. I've never been to South Korea before, so this is an entirely new experience for me. That is so wonderful. And so do you, uh, do you pay your way to get there? Yes, I pay my way to get get here. I do not get paid for my house sitting services. It's done as a quid pro quo. So I, I'm living in this really cute flat with a fantastic view uh, for for no cost in exchange for taking care of the cats and making sure that everything is fine in the apartment and uh, and making sure that everything is is safe uh, for when the homeowner returns after her holiday. And you can so do she, her benefit is she gets to go away and know that she has this peace of mind that she has somebody responsible taking care of her animals in her home. I love that I, as a pet owner myself, finding that perfect person who can come in and you trust, and you know you're you're leaving your babies. Uh, you want to make sure that the person you have coming in is vetted and and responsible and trustworthy and and you've been doing this now for 10 years that's a whole decade so you've seen a lot of uh homes and people met a lot of people and were able to go into some really uh wonderful places that you i guess kind of pick and choose right I have been very lucky I've had some great great experiences we talked about the, the summer I spent in, in London during the Olympics, that was really quite a highlight. Uh, for the last 10 years, I've had a regular house sit in Ajijic, Mexico, which is just south of Guadalajara. It's a beautiful area with a very large expatriate community and uh, a lot of wonderful culture. So that's been a, a wonderful base for me to go back to every spring and fall with the same fabulous dog that I just adore, Cha-Cha. I've had a chance to spend a lot of time in London, which is a city that I really love. So I have regular house sits that I do there. Um, I've done a lot of house sits around Southeast Asia, Hanoi, uh, Osaka, Japan, Singapore. And I've recently been branching into Africa and have been house sitting in Africa, which has been very interesting. And uh, I do a lot of house sitting for expatriates who are working in in these different communities. They're either teaching at international schools or they are working for non-governmental organizations and living overseas. They oftentimes have pets, usually rescue pets, because in these communities there are a lot of street dogs and street kitties. And uh, and they like the opportunity to be able to, to travel around during their holiday time or go back home. And so... 
having a house sitter like me is a, is a real benefit to them. And it's a benefit to me because then I get a chance to see these different communities through, you know, the eyes of a local, which is pretty cool. That is very cool. And, and you become part of that community as you've been talking. I've been, I have to say, listening, but also there's like a bubble over my head going, oh, I can see myself there. I can see myself there. Tap your heels three times and you'll be there. And, and really the best part, too, is that you must meet some just wonderful people because you're there going to the grocery stores, going to the markets, being, like you said, being a local yeah, that's one of the things that I really love about this type of travel. I'm a, I'm a slow traveler, so I, I am somebody who likes to go someplace. I'm here for in Seoul for three weeks right now. I'll be here over the holidays, which will be um, an interesting experience because I'm here alone. Uh, but this morning, just this morning, the housekeeper came in, who is the regular housekeeper here, and she and I got to chatting, and we really hit it off. She's a young Filipina woman who has been living here in Seoul for quite a while, and just out of the blue, she asked me what I was doing this weekend and invited me to join her at church this Sunday, and she wants to take me sightseeing afterwards and go for a meal. And, you know, that just sort of popped up out of the blue. And I thought, well, that's an interesting opportunity. I'm going to go do that with her. So that should be fun. Um, oftentimes when I, when I set up a house sit, I ask the homeowner to introduce me to her friend or a friend uh, someone that I can go out and have a meal with or a cup of coffee with or a glass of wine with or who might want to show me a little off-the-beaten-path kind of place. And as a result of that, I've made some fantastic friends. I was just house-sitting this past summer in, I'm going to butcher this, but an island called Réunion. It's a French island in, in the Indian Ocean that's just east of Madagascar. And the homeowner introduced me to a girlfriend of hers who had recently retired um, as an English teacher. And Anne took me all over the island, and we had so much fun. And one of the things we did was we went snorkeling with a baby humpback whale because it was whale mating season. And she had a, a friend who had a zodiac boat, and so we were able to go out and go snorkeling with whales. And it was an experience that I wouldn't have been able to arrange on my own. So not only did I make a great friend there through house sitting, but I had this extraordinary experience. Kelly, you're just you're just uh, like I said, my heart is pumping. I love hearing this. So when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about how that's working out. And also, I want to talk to you about your uh, your writing and journalism and, and the classes that you teach. I'm here with um, Kelly Hayes Rate. She is a full-time traveler, a house sitter, a pet sitter, a journalist. She is a wonderful woman and is stealing my heart right now. So we'll be back right after the break. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. 
Prestige Subaru on the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Hi, I'm Kay Bentley of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Want to experience that Asheville vibe from the sky? Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours offers up the best views of the city and the best way to see them on a -a one-of-a-kind guided rooftop tour. Enjoy history, award-winning rooftop bars, spectacular and mountain city views, along with van-chauffeured transportation. Tours are offered year-round, rain or shine, with covered and heated rooftop areas. Come sip and see the city from a bird's-eye view with us. Visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Hi, and welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm here today with Kelly Hayes Raid, and I'm telling you, we're feel like we're having a little bonding session here, Kelly. You're <laughs> you're warming my heart with all of this uh, wonderful information on uh, really. I mean, more than just pet sitting or house sitting, but really being what you had talked about earlier, having a makeover. You know, people sometimes say, oh, you're having a midlife crisis or, oh, you're always reinventing yourself. But in fact, what we're doing is really kind of making over and taking what we love or or want to explore and moving it into the next stage of our life. That's always not easy. Right, and it wasn't for me, and you know that's that's like a whole that's probably a whole other show. And Marilyn, we will do that. Do those transitions, and yeah, because it's it it was uh, very profound for me, and there are others who've done it as well. And and I have some tips on on how to do that kind of a makeover because it is challenging. Um, but to sort of stick with the, the house sitting aspect of it, and the, and I know you wanted to get into some insider tips on how people can get started house sitting, because I do want to make the point that not everybody, in fact, most people don't house sit full time like I do. They house sit for a couple of weeks during the holidays or maybe two months during the summer or maybe just a a weekend to get away and do it that way. So oftentimes people will house sit uh, in a community that's near them that they would like to go visit or some other place in the United States or they do use it as, a, as an opportunity for international travel. Um, I always recommend to people that if they're thinking about relocating to a new place that they might want to house sit there first because that gives them an opportunity to really see what life is like kind of on the ground and uh, before they, they make the big move. Another way that people use house sitting is if they're visiting their adult children who have, who have new, new children themselves, so they're visiting their children and grandchildren, but they don't want to be underfoot, they might find a house sit arrangement nearby, or vice versa. If the kids are coming to visit mom and dad, they might find a house sit where they're not living with mom and dad the whole time. And so sometimes that can give people a little bit more room and privacy and, and, uh, and opportunity to explore on their own. So there's a lot of reasons why people house sit. There's um, very few people who do it full-time like I do. 
and I've, I've developed it into a lifestyle that's part of sort of a digital nomad kind of lifestyle so that I, it does allow me to write from anywhere in the world or do the editing or the, or the uh, author coaching work that I do from anywhere in the world. So it's, um, it's, a, it's my lifestyle, but it's also an opportunity to just for anybody to do some traveling at any point, which is really great. I love that about house-sitting, that it's so flexible that anyone can, can have the opportunity to do it. Well, give me an idea of what it's like just to get vetted on one of these house-sitting platforms you spoke of. Well, usually what you do is you, you sign up for the platform. You put up a profile with photos of yourself, a little bit of your background, why you want to house-sit. Different platforms have different vetting requirements. It kind of depends on what country they're housed in. So, you know, what, what they what uh, what they require. But they, they usually do uh, a, an identification check, so they usually want to see some sort of photo identification. And if you have some kind of police clearance, then that's a helpful thing, too, because that just puts you up at the at the at the top of the list, so to speak. So, I, for example, I have uh, I have global entry clearance, so I've been cleared by the, the Board of Control. And so that's something that I can use to show that I, that I have had a background check done. In different countries, there are other kinds of opportunities for that. So that's the kind of vetting that's done by the websites. Uh, that's not um, – it's okay vetting. It's not the greatest, but it's okay. The real vetting that happens is when the homeowner and the prospective house sitter have an opportunity to have a conversation, and that's usually done by video. And it's just like a job interview. So it's two people having a chance to ask each other questions to see if that particular situation would be a right fit for each of the parties. And that just has to be something that happens between the two people. And I guess for you it works because you have these long-term, that sounds really fun, to be able to go and, and be there for, for a while. Well, it works for me. It wouldn't work for everybody. I mean, some people can't take three months off and, and travel at a time, or they wouldn't want to be stuck in one place for three months. Uh, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm in Seoul for three weeks. Some people wouldn't want to be in South Korea for three weeks. They'd rather travel around, and that's okay. Uh, for me, I, I enjoy slower travel, so it works. I've also taken shorter-term house sits where I've house sat for five days or a week or a weekend in some situations. And, again, that's still given me the, the sort of um, on-the-ground opportunity to be part of a neighborhood and to explore an area. So it just depends on what I need at the, in the moment. And that's one of my insider tips is I recommend that before people decide that they want to house sit, to think about the kind of experience they want to have. Are they looking for an opportunity where they can be gone a lot during the day to go sightseeing? If that's the case, they probably don't want to house sit for an animal that needs medication three or four times a day, in which case they'd need to be home. Or are they looking more for an opportunity to um, unplug and just be in a nice, serene inspiring environment to write or paint or play or create music or whatever, in which case it would be okay for them to have um, animal duties that are spread throughout the day. So I, I think it's, um, 
I think it's important for people to sit down and think about the type of, of experience they want to have, the type of vacation they want to have. It also is important to recognize uh, what kind of environment you like to be in. I'm a city girl, so I love, you know, to be right, I'm right in a city where I can roll out of bed and go find coffee and, a, and some local food. I'm not the type who wants to be out in the countryside, but I know I have friends who, who hate the city and they love being in the countryside and they love taking care of farms and they love taking care of, of um, old homes and countrysides and, and that's just perfect for them. I think it's also important to think about the, the country you want to be in. Do you want to, how much challenge do you really want to have with language and culture? Um, perhaps it would be a better situation to, to house it a little closer to home, especially at first, to see how that goes. So I think it's really important for people to sit down and, and examine what they need and also to think about their limitations because house sitting requires a lot of flexibility and it requires a really great sense of humor. And house sitting is, I will say this, house sitting is not for everyone. Um, we haven't talked about my book yet, but what I'm about to say is probably not the best way to sell my book. But I have, uh, I've written a book called How to Become a House Sitter, Insider Tips from the House Sit Diva. And it's available on Amazon in soft cover or Kindle. And it's also available on my website as an ebook. And my website is www.housesitdiva.com, housesitdiva.com. And in my book, I have a quiz, Is House-Sitting Right for Me? And it's not meant as a way of, of weeding people out, but as a way of self-discovery to look and see what kinds of things about a house-sit would work for you and what kinds of things wouldn't. And uh, a woman that I met one time at a writer's group bought the book, and we had coffee afterwards, and she said, Kelly, I want to tell you, this was the best $13 I ever spent because I learned that I would be a terrible house sitter, and it's not for me. Well, Kelly, <laughs> You just saved me a ton of money. A ton of money. <laughs> well, when we come back, I want to talk more about your book, get some tips for uh, I want to hear more about this little quiz that you have on your website too well I am here today with Kelly Hayes Ray she is the house sit diva every story has its beginning a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road weaving its way toward the final word it is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. Hello, this is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. The Department of Homeland Security is requiring that all domestic air travelers have what's called a real ID no later than October 1st, 2020, or alternative forms of identification will be required before you can board a flight. The North Carolina Department of Transportation is offering real IDs, and it's a good idea to go ahead and get this new form of driver's license as soon as possible, as there will be a mad dash to get real IDs as the 2020 deadline draws near. 
It's easy to get the real ID. Just a few more steps are required when you go to the DMV to get a driver's license. The key difference is that you will need to bring proof of your identity, date of birth, lawful status, social security number, North Carolina address, and if necessary, proof of a name change. These document requirements can be found at the North Carolina DOT website at ncdot.gov. Then you will be issued a real ID, which looks just like your current driver's license with the addition of a star emblem. Another tip, you can make an appointment at the DMV so your wait won't be very long. So go out and get that real ID today and it'll be smooth flying from there. This has been Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Hi, I'm Kay Bentley of Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours offers up the best views of the city and the best way to see them. Experience that Asheville vibe from the sky on a -a one-of-a-kind guided rooftop tour. You'll enjoy history, award-winning rooftop bars, spectacular mountain and city views, along with van-chauffeured transportation. Tours are offered daily, year-round, rain or shine, with covered and heated rooftop areas. Don't miss the excitement. Come sip and see the city from a bird's-eye view with us. For more, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and we're really deep into conversation with Kelly Hayes Rate. She is the house-sitting diva. She has so much to talk about and so many resources. And Kelly, before the break, we were we were talking about your book. And I know when we first started talking, you were telling us about being a journalist, being a writer, and, and how important living in writers' colonies. Um, give us an idea, again, about your book, How to Become a House Sitter, Insider Tips from the House Sit Diva. And also just how you utilize this lifestyle choice for the good of your writing and creative side. Oh, thanks, Marilyn. You know, that wasn't something that I anticipated would happen when I started house sitting, that it was something that I could, that would augment my writing. But that's what's happened. And it's, I, I just, I just love it. It's like, it's like the world opens up in different ways when I think about, stories that I can write about in a community. So, okay, so I'm in Seoul, South Korea. I've never been to South Korea. This is so foreign to me. I'm going to admit to you that I'm a little intimidated here and there's a little bit of culture shock that's been going on. It's just a, it's just a different place for me. And one of the things that I did was I started Googling uh, free tours. Now, there are all kinds of paid tours that I, could, that I learned about through uh, TripAdvisor and other websites. But I started Googling free tours, and there are a lot of websites here locally that have tours that are free walking tours conducted by students, like 20-somethings, Koreans, who want to practice their English. And so I did a tour today of a beautiful hill right in the middle of Seoul that I never would have found on my own. We walked up almost 300 steps to this just gorgeous, gorgeous park overlooking Seoul. Uh, this 24-year-old dynamic young woman who's an art major 
who's been practicing her English, and she's very, very good at it. And then afterwards, she took me on a tour through two different food markets that were uh, very interesting, off-the-beaten-path local markets that tourists generally don't find on their own. And it was really exciting. And she was just so much fun to talk with. And we just, we laughed and we had such a good time. And, you know, and she did it for a tip. I, I gave her a tip at the end. But the idea of these tours is it's an opportunity for someone like me to come in and see a part of Seoul that I wouldn't have ordinarily seen. It's an opportunity for her to practice her English. And we have a good afternoon. Because there's so many of these, I decided to put these together as an article that I'll be writing for a website that I ordinarily write for called travelawaits.com. And uh, and so that article will be up probably in a few weeks. So it's an opportunity for me to now do research. Now now I'm assigned this story, so I have to go out and do other free tours. So tomorrow I'm going on a tour through the Olympic Stadium and I'm going over to the zoo. It's another free walking tour. And this weekend I'll be going to, um, it's called the Museum of Slavery and the House of Sharing. And it's a place for Korean women who during the Japanese occupation were used as comfort women. And it's a place for them to uh, live if they need it or to get the kind of care and support that they need. And it's a way of, of keeping these women's experience, experiences in the collective memory. And so I will be doing a tour through that house and that museum this weekend and having a chance to interview a comfort woman. Uh, and I learned about these through, like I said, Googling free tours, and that's how I learned. And so I'll be putting those together as an article. Uh, and so that's one of the ways that I use, I, that I marry both my house sitting and my journalism to create a, a fuller and richer travel opportunity, but also a travel opportunity that I can share with others um, to help make their trips to Seoul more um, unusual and more fulfilling. That is so beautiful, Kelly. It really is. Yeah. Just being able to to be a part of the local culture and get immersed and then to share that back with us uh, is truly a gift. Thank you. It's uh, it's really a wonderful opportunity. And I've had others like that as well. I was house-sitting in Mozambique a year ago this time in Maputo, Mozambique, and I met a man named uh, Bonaventura Zita, and he created an, the most amazing program following the uh, civil war in Mozambique where a lot of the um, villagers were armed with AK-47s. After the civil after the the civil war ended and and the treatise was signed, he went out into these different villages and traded guns for plows and sewing machines. And then the program got bigger, and he went into these communities and he traded a lot of guns for water treatment systems and school rooms. And then he ended up with a lot of guns, and so he gave them to artists who made sculptures out of them. And there's a series of sculptures called Throne of Weapons. And they're, they're thrones that are made from actual AK-47s that were, that were traded from these, from these villages. 
One of them is in the British Museum in London. Uh, there are, there, one is in a museum in New York City. So they're, they're all around the world. And there are other sculptures that have been made from, from these guns. And it's just extraordinary to me to think that, that one person could go out and, and create this kind of practical exchange to get guns out of those communities, out of those hands, and instead to put something in the community that really helps the community members and then to use the guns in such a powerfully artistic way, I think it's extraordinary. And so I'm in the process of writing that interview up as well and looking for a place to, to see where I could get that published. So this is that was just another example of an extraordinary opportunity I had while I was house-sitting that, that sort of I discovered while I was there. I love it. You're... So you're opening up to so many opportunities, and I want to make sure that everybody has all the information they need to find out more, Kelly, and to be able to follow your your travels and read your um, read your stories and learn so much. How? What is the best way that we can all get in touch with you? The best way is through my website, housesitdiva.com, www.housesitdiva.com. I blog there, and uh, it's also the place to buy my ebook, How to Become a House Sitter, Insider Tips from the House Sit Diva, uh, which is also available in softcover or Kindle on Amazon. Uh, another place to keep track of me is at jumpstartmybook.org, jumpstartmybook.org, and that's where writers can connect with me to get help with uh, editing their books or coaching. I do book coaching as well. I work with authors very specifically on their writing projects to help them overcome writer's block and just the, the niggly little things that writers run into as we're working on projects, and I love to do that. So those are, those are two good ways for people to stay in touch and connect with me. And you're also on Facebook and Twitter, right? I am. Uh, so, yeah, friend me on Facebook. I'd like to friend everybody. <laughs> well, Kelly, I can't thank you enough for staying up late and, and having this little jammy party with us here on Speaking of Travel and filling us in on house sitting and pet sitting and giving us some really great tips and, uh, you know, opening our minds to trying something new and really going out and exploring the universe I'm looking forward to meeting you. At some point, we're going to have to hook up. I hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll we'll have you back on. We'll do a little series so we can we can all keep learning and and growing and um, stepping out. So my guest today is Kelly Hayes Rate. She's a full time traveler. She's just such a lovely person and. I'm inspired. This week, I'm going to start making a list. I think what my goal is, is to start making a list and putting some intentions and where I see myself and how house sitting and pet sitting and traveling and writing could be a part of my path moving forward. And I want you all to do that. Take this week really start doing some self-reflection because remember life is short don't postpone joy 